1: Welcome to Motherhood Unstressed, a podcast for anyone who wants to let go of stress and anxiety, take their power back, and learn how to create a truly beautiful life. Each week, I'm speaking with amazing individuals who are experts in the field of entrepreneurship, fitness, nutrition, motherhood, sex, and so much more. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. I'm a mom, a blogger, and a certified health coach. I'm obsessed with personal growth and change, and I've helped women all around the world regain alignment with what they truly value in life and remove the blocks preventing them from living their life to the fullest. If you're ready to stop living a half-life and move fully into your power, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey guys, today I'm speaking with Chris Harder. He's the host of one of my favorite podcasts, For the Love of Money. He's also an entrepreneur and philanthropist, and his specialty is helping people push past the blocks, preventing them from living a truly abundant life. And so when I asked him to be on the show, I thought we would talk about money and mindset and how the two really go together. Um, instead though, it turned into a discussion on how we can all start up leveling our life experience. And it really has to be intentional. You have to decide that you're going to wake up earlier in the morning and do a meditation, that you're going to work out, that you're going to start adding in more greens to your diet. Like all these little things have to be intentional, but then they start adding up and you start creating a truly exceptional life experience. And something that he said that really stuck with me is, you know, it's normal to be overweight. It's normal to have kind of a subpar relationship. It's normal to be kind of blasé about life. So in order to not go that route and to have a truly amazing life, you have to start doing things that are out of normal bounds of what you would normally be doing. So he is just amazing at inspiring people to take uh, exciting, massive changes in their lives, you know, through small actions. And so I really think you're going to get a lot of benefit out of our talk. So here's my chat with Chris Harder. Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. If you've been thinking that you might want to start reducing your caffeine intake, then this is the company you definitely want to check out. They offer an assortment of different mushroom blends and basically you just add it to hot water. Now I have a full disclosure, I actually put the mushroom blends in my regular coffee just because I like coffee and it's part of my routine. But I love the benefits of mushrooms, of adaptogens. I have not been sick since November. I tell everybody this because it's true. Um, And it's because of the health benefits, the immune boosting properties of the chaga and the energy I get from the cordyceps and just the calming effects from the reishi. Like this is real. Like there is data to back up this information. So if you're questioning it or you think it's kind of weird, like just Google it and definitely check out Four Sigmatic because they are... They're, they just make it so convenient to add adaptogens, mushroom powders into your coffee, or if you're adverse to coffee into your hot water. So definitely check them out and use the code unstressed at checkout for some awesome discounts. Hey, Chris, how are you?
0: Amazing. Liz, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, But just to kind of give our audience some context about you, why don't you kind of tell us, you know, the events in your life that led you to where you are now as an entrepreneur and podcast host?
0: Ooh, for sure. Okay, so I'm going to do my best to keep this as concise as I can. I'll kind of give you the the overview timeline. And then if there's something you want to circle back on, we'll circle back on it. So I am Midwest born and raised, now living out here in Santa Monica, California. And the cool thing about being born and raised in the Midwest is you're given good family values, good morals, good work ethic, you know, some of the things that if you take them to the coasts where all the opportunity is, or to bigger cities where the opportunity is, it ends up being, you know, a a really great mix. And that's exactly what we did. But it wasn't always like this wonderful California life that we're living right now. Um, I was kicked out of college. And it's really funny because I was actually excited, like relieved to be kicked out of college. It's deep down actually what I wanted. You know, college wasn't for me. It was, I was going for all the wrong reasons. I was going because my family wanted me to go. And so when... I remember my parents were devastated. They thought it was the end of the world. Like I wasn't going to ever make anything out of myself. And me, I was excited. I was like, this is great. I just want to be out in a real world, you know, making money and, and doing the do. And I loved cars growing up. And so what else would I do if I was kicked out of college and go get a job at a car dealership selling cars? And um, it went really well. I, I quickly became the top salesperson there because I enjoyed what I was doing. And then I started to run their finance department. And in that little mini, you know, one and a half to two year part of my career, I learned two really important things. And that was one sales and two leadership. And I think if you can learn sales and you can learn leadership, you can write your ticket anywhere. And then at the time, all my friends were getting into this big mortgage boom. So I got a job as a mortgage loan officer at a bank and worked my way up there for eight and a half years and quickly became one of the fastest rising executives uh, at the world's biggest international bank. Now, this was fun. This was like, this was a cool part of life. It was also the same time that I met my wife, Lori. Um, we moved around a lot and and we're just having a lot of fun. The problem is I was this arrogant and ignorant young 20 something. And I thought it was going to last forever. And it wasn't, you know, it was great until it wasn't. And, And the recession hit. And I spent an entire year flying around waking up first thing in the morning Uh, you know, crawling out of bed, leaving Lori and flying to whatever small town that had a bank branch, closing it down and telling everybody one-on-one, Hey, we're letting you go today. And here's what your severance package is." Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was the worst year of my life. So picture this. Um, I gained 30 pounds because I was so miserable that every night after closing down a bank branch, I'd, I'd go to whatever local hotel was there. And, um, it was just me as alone. Right. So I'd, I'd get a couple of beers and eat, cheeseburgers or whatever comfort food I could find at the hotel. Mm -hmm. And I was unmotivated and I was unhappy. And an unmotivated, unhappy person makes for a really bad partner for their spouse, right? So our marriage was miserable at the time. And it just wasn't where I pictured I would be. Now here's the crazy cool thing about a really rough time though. And you know, people always hear this and I think I think they kinda it's in one ear, out the other. But I gotta tell you the truest thing in the world is is you're going to find your gifts in the roughest of times. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't feel like it during it. And what happened for me was I was totally stripped of my identity. Up until then, my identity was what? It was my title at work. It was how many people I could say I was managing. It was my next bonus, my next paycheck. It was, you know, how big of a house I could build for Lori. It was what cars did we have that we didn't necessarily need. I mean, we were literally not spending that year's money, we're spending next year's money, year in and year out. Mm -hmm. And so this identity was built on a bunch of crap, really. And when I was stripped of this identity as this quote provider, and I joke when I say that, because at the time, I thought I was being a good provider to Lori, if, if she got to go pick out a house, and, you know, I got on an airplane and went out and made more money. And so I was stripped of this identity of this quote provider, and I had to figure out who I really was. And I had to figure out what I really brought to the table, what value did I actually really have? And so having to hit that reset button from not zero, but below zero and having to say, all right, what makes a great marriage? What great, what makes a great life? You know, what do I offer that will help other people that I can also monetize? Mm -hmm. And that ended up being the, the greatest springboard in our life. Because at that moment, Lori wasn't Lori, as you know, her now either. You know, she had no career, no big ambitions, no anything. I take that back. She, she had, she was ambitious, but -hmm. she didn't know what area she wanted to steer it in. And it it wasn't her fault because every year I'd get a promotion. I'd move us to a new city and I'd say, babe, go pick out a house and get on an airplane. Mm -hmm. And so she never had the opportunity to sit and say, wait, what do I want to do? And I remember when we lost everything, she said, I'm never going to let this happen again. I'm going to also be the breadwinner. And we're going to do this together this next time. And that's exactly what we did. And and long story short, that's how we ended up building the brands that we have today and the companies that we have today and and the life that we have today and, and everything else that goes along with it is because of that dark moment of reset.
1: Wow. That's really powerful. I mean, so many people would be just crushed by that and you would never hear from them again. I mean, you surpassed where you were before and now you are literally changing and helping so many people through your podcast and through your work and Lori through her writing. I mean, it's really incredible.
0: Far far surpassed where we were at and in many ways, right? Not just monetarily, but more important ways like, you know, 10x the marriage and and 10x the um, happiness and 10x the impact that we're creating in the world and all that other stuff. And, and I'll be really honest with you. You just said, you know, some people when they encounter something like that, you never hear from them again. And it's true. And it's sad. Mm -hmm. Everybody, when they're in this moment, and if anyone's listening and you're in that moment right now, everybody has the same number of choices. And that's two choices. One sit and be a victim or two decide that this is the moment you're going to reinvent yourself And you're going to do it better this next time. And everybody always has those two choices, no matter how down and out you feel, right? Because Lori and I were super, super down and out. So no matter how down and out you feel right now, you still have those two choices. Everybody has those two choices. You can be resourceful and reinvent yourself and figure out how to do it. Or you can be a victim and tell that story the rest of your life.
1: I mean, I kind of going back to your, your training, you know, in leadership, do you think that that really came through during this dark time? I mean, what you learned on that sales floor and that car dealership, did that kind of help you get back to where you wanted to be of being resourceful of being a leader?
0: It totally did. Yeah. Not just that, like all the, uh, the motivational speakers I learned from it that would come into the, the banking meetings and all that stuff. Like I took that stuff to heart. So I had those tools to tap into Um, when, you know, when the, when the crap hit the fan, so to speak, but, but I was definitely not into self-development yet. I was definitely not reading books yet. I definitely was not doing any of the happiness practices that we do today. I was this really just rudimentary juvenile crude version of, of myself, of who I am today. And this was not long ago. This was like 10 years ago. Right. And so, um, this was the moment where I chose to at least try on for size self-development. This was a moment where I at least chose to try on for size other people's ideas of how the world might look or how the world might operate. And it's one agreement that Lori and I have always had. And, and you know, we've been married 13 years, together 16. And um, I found her when she was 21, I was 24. We got married when she was 24, I was 27. And one of the funny things is, as you already know, you become very different people. Mm-hmm. when you're 21 to 25, 25 to 29, 29 to 34, 34 to, well, I'm 40 now. And I mean, you become such a radically different people in those stages. You might as well get different names. I'm not kidding. Yeah. And, um, when you're changing that much, when you're becoming a different person, every few years like that, you have to choose this concept of being willing to try each other's new ideas and new personalities on for size. Because if you don't, what's going to happen? you know, Lori's going to come to me. She's going to have this idea that she's excited about or something she wants to pursue. And if I'm not willing to try it on for size, if I just judge it and say, Oh, that's not for us, mm-hmm. then it's just going to push us further apart. And every time I've at least been willing to try something on for size and she has too. and I think that's what's saved us through all the ups and the downs that we've had.
1: Just that openness.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the, the willingness to try each other's ideas on for size, listen, they don't always fit. Sometimes we are like, nope, not for me, but at least the, <laughs> other person, yeah, the other person at least feels heard and seen. And more often than not, the ideas I thought were the dumbest ideas on the planet ended up being really cool things that we implemented into our life and we love today.
1: Hmm. Well, that makes me curious. Is that how the podcast came about? How did the podcast come about? Because that's how I found you and then through you actually found Lori, um, you know, just because you would talk about her on the show. So where did the idea for, for the love of money come from? And how did you decide that money mindset would be kind of like your touchstone topic? Great,
0: great question. I think there were two different moments that were responsible for kind of making the brand come to be. Uh, the first moment was when I read 30 books in 30 days as well, three and a half years ago, mm. there was a common thread that I found through all these books. Now to set it up, I have to tell you the way I chose the books was really random. It was, I cleared my schedule for 30 days. I knew I had to do something to up-level myself. You know, Lori was on a rocket ship and I was just sitting here in in the land of good, right? You know, good's the enemy of great. And it didn't take long for me to recognize that I was going to wake up one day and she was going to be on top of the world. And I was just going to be hanging out over here in, in Goodville and we were going to be too far apart to have a good relationship anymore. Mm. And so I'm like, what can I do? And I came across this guy and he gave me an idea to read 30 books in 30 days. And so the way I chose these books was they had to be less than 300 pages. So I could actually finish it in a day and it had to benefit me or develop me in some way. That was it really random, really loose guidelines. Mm-hmm. And so these were books, like some were spiritual books, some were biographies, some were like seven steps to this. Some were fables didn't matter. They just had to teach me a lesson in some way. Well, half halfway through the 30 books, 15 books in, I remember leaning over to Lori and being like, babe, you're not gonna believe this. But even though all these books have a totally different agenda from each other, so far there's this common thread that giving is the secret to whatever the book's trying to sell. Want a better relationship? Give more to it. Want a better, you know, bank account? Give more to it. Want a better business? Give more to it. Want a better family? Give more to it, right? Like it didn't matter what the book was selling giving was the common thread. And it ended up holding true through all 30 out of 30 books, even though the books had totally different agendas from each other. And so that was the first moment where I was like, yes, this makes sense to me. Like giving really is the secret to everything that you want. And I wanted to share that message. And growing up, it's funny because I always felt at odds about two distinct feelings I had. Uh, Feeling number one, I knew I loved nice things and I knew I wanted this super nice lifestyle. The problem is the the world, the majority of the world, especially in the Midwest told me you're not supposed to like nice things. You're not supposed to talk about money and you're, yeah. you're not supposed to pursue that type of lifestyle. Right. And then the other thing I knew for sure about myself is that I was really generous and really giving like it was part of my DNA. And of course that came from some things my parents did during our upbringing. God bless them. How awesome that they gave that example to us. But I was like, The uber generous kid. I would give my lunch money to other people that didn't have it. I would raise money for somebody who needed something for sports. I would, you know, pick up the tab in high school when you're in high school and you're you're broke and you don't have money anyways. I was just this naturally generous kid, and so I felt at odds. Like, why do I have this innate desire to have this beautiful lifestyle that the world says you're not supposed to like that stuff? And at the same time, I had this huge innate desire to be this really giving individual that the world says, oh, that's okay. You should go do more of that. The problem is you can't give if you have an empty cup, right? Like if you're living a paycheck to paycheck, you don't have a lot of extra abundance to pass along to somebody that needs it. And so it was difficult for me to reconcile these two desires that seemed like two opposite things at the time. And the podcast was a way to kind of out loud work through that dichotomy of feelings that I had.
1: Wow. I love that. And it's so true. I mean, I talk about it to, you know, my following almost every single day, you know, I'm a health coach. I have a lot of young moms who follow and like, look for nutrition and health inspiration, but it's like, at the end of the day, that's not really my message. My, my message is you have to take care of yourself first in order to give anything to your kids in order to give anything to your relationship or, you know, your friendships, anything like it, it, like you said, it, you cannot pour from an empty cup. And we see that again and again and again, but it's like, people still aren't really putting that message into action. Like it's heartbreaking.
0: Liz, I love that. That is the most important message you could possibly be teaching. If you want to be a better parent, if you want to be a better spouse, if you want to be a better business person, if you want to be a better, you know, uh, have better physical fitness, like no matter what your goals are, you have to take care of yourself first. You are so spot on because I mean, let me tell you about Lori's and my morning routine, just really quick. We have this oh, thing I called. I
1: love that you're talking about this. Yes.
0: <laughs> we have this thing called protected time, and nobody can get a hold of us unless you're super close friends or family. Between the time we wake up and 10:59 a.m., now I don't want to lose people here. That's just the time that we have selected for our life. <laughs> I don't want you to get caught up on the fact that you can't do this till 10:59. You know, you need to find your own protected time. Okay, so uh, you're supposed to just find yourself in the story, so to speak. So this is the time that Lori and I have chosen to put ourselves first so that we can be the best versions of ourselves for everybody else that needs us the rest of the day. And so what do we do during that time? I wake her up to a mantra. I mean, I literally wake up and I say, babe, I'm happier, healthier, wealthier, more fit than I was yesterday. And I make her say it back to me. And she like hates it at first because she's just waking up and I make her say it till she means it. It's so funny. And then when she finally says it, like she means it, I roll back over I do a really quick prayer of uh, like 60 seconds long of just taking inventory of what I'm grateful for. So, and it's so juvenile. If you could hear it, it's like, I'm so grateful to uh, have my dog laying against my legs. I'm so grateful that I woke up today. I'm so grateful. I have Lori next to me. I'm so grateful for my pretty house. I'm so grateful for whatever. And it's different every day. And so look what I've done with the first 90 seconds of my day. I have chosen the patterns and the types of thoughts that are going to enter my head instead of quote, waking up on the wrong side of the bed and letting whatever thoughts just happen upon me. And it seems like such a small thing, but it is literally a make or break like ninja hack to shape your day by choosing your thoughts in the beginning versus letting any thoughts just fall into your lap. And then we go downstairs, make coffee, feed the dog, grab our books. And we have this agreement that we read at least 10 pages before opening up social media. Because once again, social media, whatever happens to be on your Instagram, your Facebook or whatever will control your thoughts and your mood in the morning before you have chosen how you want to feel and how you want to think. And so listen, if, if you can't do this till 10.59 in the morning, I'm sure you could probably get up at five and do it till six or get up at 4.30 and do it till 5.30. People just typically don't want to make that sacrifice, right? But it is such a game changer. And then we go off to the gym or whatever our workout is so that we are physically healthy and happy. And then we give ourselves... To everybody else from a cup that is totally pouring over. Oh, and we get a meditation in there too. Um, From a cup that's totally pouring over as opposed to these half-assed, tired, resentful, angry versions of ourselves.
1: Right. No, that's so powerful. I mean, and I'm a huge proponent of having a morning routine and like mine will change depending on, you know, what time I got to bed the night before, if the kid was up in the middle of the night sick, like whatever. Um but yeah, like it's just it's like priming yourself for your day, you know, and you know getting that hydration and you know some kind of meditation or breath work I mean that, like you said, i mean it it completely changes the rest of your day and how you look at things and situations and the decisions that you make i mean it's it's really kind of like magic
0: I love that you are doing that, and you just mentioned different things than we mentioned, like breath work, how awesome is that, making sure you get your hydration that's something I need to do better like everybody out there could find four or five things right. that they make sure they start their day with. Even if they have to set the alarm 30 minutes earlier, everybody could be making these decisions. It's just that a lot of people choose not to make these decisions, but once it becomes, you, a like, what, do light, think,
1: what do you think really holds people back from essentially like taking care of themselves, you know, first thing in the morning, is it just because they don't think about it? What do you think?
0: Um, I think once you know, then you know, you know, at first, if, you, if someone hasn't explained this concept to you, no problem. But as yes. soon as you hear it, if you're, no, if you're not making that choice after that, now you're making a conscious choice not to make the difficult decision, because let's be honest, it's a difficult decision to create this protected time or to get up earlier or to tell people in your life, Hey, sorry, this is my time right now. When you know that they want part of your time, it's a difficult decision. But the difficult decisions are the ones that yield the most results. And it's uncomfortable to have those conversations sometimes. It's uncomfortable to get up a little bit earlier. It's uncomfortable to create new habits where they feel clunky at first or they feel awkward at first. Or you're afraid that your spouse is going to judge you or another mother is going to judge you or something like that. Listen, I don't pretend to know what it's like to be a parent yet. That's coming in a couple of years. But everyone we hang out with is parents. And they do these things, mm-hmm. right? So it's not a matter of having kids or not having kids. It's not a matter of having a job versus working at home. It's not a matter of anything. It is always a matter of making those difficult choices that pay the greatest, greatest rewards in the long run.
1: Yeah, and it made me think when you were talking, Like, aside from the podcast, you also mentor you know, high-earning entrepreneurs who want to break through that seven-figure mark of income you know, is this something that you teach them that you talk a lot about is, is priming your day? I mean, cause these are people who are extremely high functioning type A, like super successful. Um, what's that interaction like?
0: Yeah, it's totally part of it. It's funny because it's a business mastermind, as you said, and mm-hmm. everybody thinks I just teach business and I just bring, you know, business entrepreneurs in to do the teaching. And while I do, you know, a lot of that, let's say 75% of it is that 25% of it is exposing them to these life hacks that will make them better versions of themselves so that they can be better at business and better with their finances. And so when we meet for the mastermind, it's always Thursday afternoon, all Friday, Friday night, all Saturday, Saturday night, everyone goes on Sunday. And Thursdays, I always try to bring in some kind of guest speaker that has nothing to do with business and everything to do with leading a really extraordinary productive life. Because what you do at home is absolutely going to affect what you do for a career and vice versa. And so I brought in people um, that teach them Ayurveda and like how their, their signs affect what they do for um, not only for their careers, but how they live their life. I brought in um, Christine Hassler that did this huge exercise around um, releasing comparison and expectation and judgment. Like I try to bring people in, on Thursdays, before we get into all the business speakers, that will just open them up and make them think differently about what their routines are.
1: I love that. That's really empowering. And like, even you know, if someone wasn't on that level, like you can do these things in your own life. Like it's possible to, to create positive change, no matter where you are.
0: Totally is. Listen, at the end of the day, you know what's really about? You asked me a couple questions ago. You said, why do I think that people are not making these decisions? Yeah. Um, here's the other part of that answer. I think that, I don't think, I know. I know that people allow their current tribe that they hang out with the most to dictate their habits and their thoughts and their outcome, Mm -hmm. right? That's just a fact. And so if you are hanging around people that tend to do more complaining than dreaming, you're by default going to fall into more complaining, even if that's not who you want to be. If you're hanging around people that are doing more happy hours, than seminars, then by default, you're going to fall into more happy hours than seminars. Even if you wish that you did more seminars, Mm -hmm. like the the habits of the people around you are absolutely always going to dictate what you are doing because nobody wants to be the black sheep. Nobody wants to be the person who gets judged because you're going to get judged when you make different decisions. That's just part of the the price that you pay at first. Nobody wants to get judged or talked about because it doesn't feel good by your quote friends.
1: Right. Man. So, I mean, that could even play over into, you know, money mindset. If you're hanging around people who have a poor money mindset or a lacking money mindset, how can our listeners move towards a mindset that's more abundant? You know, you talk a lot about that on your show, which I love.
0: You know, what's funny is it totally has everything to do with your money mindset. If if you hang around people that are always saying things like, Oh, those one percenters, here's what happened today. Or, Oh, my, my greedy boss did this, or, oh, you know, take a look at the, um, you know, whatever it is, what you hear of the sayings all the time, right? When you hang around people that make comments like that, are they trying to hurt you? No, no. That's their paradigm. They don't know any better. And so everybody just speaks and gives advice from whatever their own paradigm is leading up to that point. And so they don't mean it maliciously. They don't mean to bring you down. They don't mean to hold you back from your dreams. They just accidentally do it by default with every little comment and every little passing judgment that they make. And so it's up to you to take massive control of who you are listening to, who you are believing in. You know, the question I get the most is, how do I believe more in myself? Well, you change the level which you believe in yourself when you change the other people you're believing in as well, right? It's so true. And so oh,
1: that statement it, alone.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, if you want a different life, I don't care if it's financially or for your relationship or if you're fitness or whatever, take a really good look at the five or six people that are closest to you on a regular basis in your current life. And if they're not serving a different style of life that you want, if they're not supporting it, if they're not encouraging you to go that direction through their actions, not their words, by the way, then you need to take a hard look at making some changes. And that is why most people never typically you know, get to a different level in any area of their life is because transcending your current tribe is one of the most uncomfortable things you'll ever do. And that's why we all just kind of stay stuck.
1: Well, and I think it goes back to how we're wired as human beings. You know, we're wired for connection. We're wired for that tribal way of living. I mean, that's how it was for thousands and thousands of years. And so to, to think that, you know, we're going to separate from our tribe, like our friends that we've known since we were five years old, like that's terrifying, you know? I mean, it's, it's like a death of self in a lot of ways.
0: It is terrifying. It's super terrifying. But think of the incredible things that are on the other side when you start up-leveling your current tribe. You always need community, right? We are community-craving machines. And so you're not all of a sudden going to become this lone person on an island, you know, you, your spouse, and your, your children, and nobody else. What you're doing is you are slowly up-leveling your tribe. You're slowly up-leveling your community by adding new, supportive, exciting people in. Uh, my wife heard a great analogy a while back, and she describes it like this. When you decide that you want to start eating healthy, One of the worst things you can do is to just go all or nothing, like go from that plate of cheeseburgers and red meat to all of a sudden a plate full of greens. You're going to hate it. You're not going to want to stick to it. It's going to feel torturous. So what do you do? This is a great analogy for the people in your life. You just slowly start putting the greens and the other healthy things on your plate first, Mm -hmm. leaving less room for some of the unhealthy stuff or some of the unhealthy people And it just slowly starts to crowd them out as you pile more and more good decisions on that plate. So are you immediately tearing off the Band-Aid and saying, I'm not going to eat anything bad anymore? I would not be an advocate of that. (laughs) I would say just start piling more and more good people into your life, and it will slowly start to crowd the ones who are not good for you out
1: I love that. I think that that's something that everyone can do. Like even if it's just listening to more podcasts or reading more books, maybe not thirty books in thirty days,
0: <laughs>
1: but, you know, have a book here or there of someone, you know, a biography that of someone who inspires you. Like I just picked up Elon Musk's biography, you know, that's been out for a while. And it's oh my like,
0: god, I love that book. Biographies, biographies are my favorite to learn from, by the way.
1: I I completely agree, and I never used to be that way, but then I started to do it, and it's been a game changer. It's been like, okay, it's like that power of one, you know, you see someone else do something and it's like, oh, it is possible. I can do that. You know? I mean, it's just, it's just, it expands you in so many ways.
0: So Liz, I'm so glad you brought that up because one of the questions that I'll typically get the most is talk to me about a real life situation where I can't change my coworkers right now. And I can't change my family members right now. And I can't change my neighbors right now, right? Because I can't just pick up and move my family. And mm-hmm. I can't move from this town that is, you know, sucking the life out of me to sunny Santa Monica, California, because it's not in the cards right now. So what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And the answer is exactly what you just said. Tilt the scales of influence in your favor by Not just swapping all those people out if you can't make that decision right now, but by taking advantage of every minute you have when you are not forced to be around them to fill your mind with positive propaganda that reinforces the thoughts and feelings and lifestyle that you do want to have. And there's nothing easier than getting in the habit of having podcasts or books on audio on during your workout or during your walk or during your commute, or while you're cleaning the house, or any moment that you could possibly have sound entering your ears, that is how you tilt the scales of positive influence and positive propaganda in your favor if you can't just avoid people that you want to avoid.
1: I love that. I love that. So you recently just got back from Europe. Do you find that the mentality, this growth mentality or positivity mentality around abundance and just living life to the fullest? Do you think that people over there get it right more so than over
0: here? I love that question because it's something I'm playing with right now. Um, We spent three and a half weeks over in Europe and it was, it was a great reminder of some of the things that are most important in life. Uh, When you're there, you get to stand in these buildings that are 1500 years old or 2000 years old. And it reminds you to build things that will last, right? Mm-hmm. To build legacies. It reminds you that, um, it, because like when I was in Spain, they would shut down, literally shut down at around one o'clock till three o'clock every single day. And they would close their stores and go on siesta, like go home, have a big meal, have a couple of beers and take a nap. And I remember the first couple of days I was, I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, wait a minute, I want to shop right now. And all the stores are closed. You're turning away business. What is wrong with you? And to them, They know one of the most important things is to take this break in the middle of the day, go home, see your family, have a good meal, you know, taste some of the joys in life. So if you enjoy beer or whatever it is and enjoy that middle part of the day and then go back to work a little bit later. And guess what? Everything's going to be just fine if you do that. And so it forces you to say, what habits are we caught up in? What thoughts are we caught up in here in, in North America that might not be great for the soul? And here's the beautiful, ironic thing. A lot of people right now preach, work harder, work harder, you know, sacrifice, 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 and then you're going to have this great life. And the truth of the matter is, no, then you're just going to have this really tired, worn out life where all of a sudden you abandoned relationships and everything else. Life is not about all or nothing. Life is like this beautiful dance of all of the above. And so I'm kind of on this quest to make sure I'm participating in, in all of the above in a way that feeds my soul because a happy soulful version of myself will be far more successful than a totally burnt out person. And Lori and I were both really burnt out when, when we went to Europe.
1: Wow. Well, that was like a perfect trip then perfect timing. You needed that.
0: It was perfect timing. We came back totally different people uh, reminded of, you know, past desires that we once had, um, like she's going to start taking guitar lessons again and I'm going to start taking piano lessons and we're going to get back into dance. Cause we used to uh, take dance lessons together all the time. And we're going to get back into some of these fun, creative things that just got pushed to the back burner every time a new shiny project hit our desk.
1: Right. Cause that's the thing, like these exciting things and, you know, these obligations that we think that we have, like it feeds the ego and it feeds our sense of self-importance and worth. And, you know, if you're a high achiever, like you both are, I mean, I could totally see how, you know, you would be attracted to that. Like, Oh, here's the next thing, you know, we can help so many more people. So to be able to slow down and to really get back to basics, you know, like you guys are talking about is, is really fantastic. And the reason I asked that question is because I studied abroad in France, in Montpellier in college for a semester. And I swear to God, it was like going to, another planet like I you know I went to school at University of Minnesota so I'm familiar with the Midwest as well and um it was just like what is going on where am I like this is a magical like slowed down it was like going back in time um and it was just such a rich experience um so I would anyone listening if you haven't been to Europe you know to understand what we're talking about like just go and 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 reset yourself so, yeah. you know,
0: to me that's the important part of getting diversity in in life, right? Whether you can go there or whether you watch a documentary on it because you can't go, or whether you read a book about it, or like finding and seeking diversity in your life is what will keep you balanced. Because Mm -hmm. you could make an argument that while in North America, we run too hard, too fast, and we forget about some of the things that matter in life over there, they can get too lackadaisical and too Mm -hmm. blase, and you know, how many European countries are literally broke, broke, like where money isn't coming out of the ATM sometimes. And so nobody has it perfectly right. I think the idea is get as much rich experience as you can so that you have a diversity of ideas in your life on what balance might look like in your own personal economy, in your own personal life.
1: I love that. And what makes you happy? You know, does taking a nap and having some beers at three in the afternoon make you happy? If so, find out ways to do that.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, we got into the best routine ever. I mean, you've got a health show, so you you may be like, this is the worst conversation I've ever had on my show, but it was good for our soul. We would wake up. uh, Okay, so I got to give you background. Lori is like adamant about routine. You know, she wants to be in bed at nine thirty. She wants to make sure she gets the right amount of sleep. She wants to make sure um, that you know our routine is like locked in. She's going a neat, great mom. <laughs> yeah, right? And so we get there, and because her body didn't adjust this time, we've gone over there quite a bit, and every time her body adjusts, no problem. But this time, it refused. Mm. And so we had no choice but to stay out until 3 or 4 in the morning, mm-hmm. sleep until noon, and then we would have our, our breakfast would literally be like beers or uh, <laughs> gin and tonics at 4 p.m. I'm not kidding. And dinner every night was at 11 o'clock at night. She was mm-hmm. forced into this discomfort zone that ended up being the most beautiful thing the entire time. And guess what? Since we've gotten back, we have kept so many of those new things to mm-hmm. shake up our routine. We are, we've only been home a week and we've done so many more things in this week than we did all of last summer since we've been back here in Santa Monica. Isn't that wild?
1: Wow. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Um but I mean I thought we were going to talk about money during this talk but I'm so glad that it went the way that it did because I think it offers more value and our listeners will get more out of it but what's something that you really want people to walk away from from this talk?
0: You know let's put a bow on it like this. When you just said it, you know I thought we'd talk a little bit more about money but we got these other juicy things. It's all the same. How you do anything is how you do everything. How you view anything is how you view everything. And so, if you do the little extras as a parent, then that's typically going to translate into doing the little extras for your finances and doing the little extras for your health and doing the little extras for your relationship. But if you're just doing the bare minimum in everything, then that's also unfortunately going to translate into everything else. And so if you take anything away, it's that you are totally entitled to this or you're totally entitled to this extraordinary life. I mean, literally extraordinary. Every single person is entitled to it and everybody has the ability to make the tough decisions that pay off the the huge, beautiful rewards, but you've got to put yourself in position to do so. And it's always that initial getting started that feels so uncomfortable and that typically stops people from following through. But what's on the other side, if you push through, if you do, if you do what's quote not normal, then the reward is a life that's not normal because in this day and age, in the, let's just use North America in this day and age, it's normal to live paycheck to paycheck. It's normal to fear the loss of your job. It's normal to struggle with your relationships. It's normal to have an unhealthy body. Like if we're being honest about the state of North America, that is what's normal. That is what is statistically average now. Right. And so you got to make these abnormal decisions in order to have an abnormal life. And when people hear abnormal, they have a negative connotation to it. When in fact, abnormal means far different than the norm. And I love being far different than the norm.
1: Ooh, I love that. So I do have some rapid fire questions. If you're ready.
0: Ooh, let's do it.
1: <laughs> the world needs.
0: The world needs. Is that what you said?
1: Yeah. Fill in the blank.
0: The world needs a better effort from each and every one of us because if we all play to our fullest ability, I believe that there'd be enough abundance and love and happiness for us to solve every single problem.
1: I love that. Um, I believe in.
0: Love. That at the end of the day, the thing that we want the most, that we crave the most is love and shared experiences.
1: Hmm. I'm grateful for.
0: Um, I'm grateful for... My, uh, my ability to inspire other people to take bigger action. There's a million things I'm not good at, but the one thing I could hang my hat on forever is just speaking life into people and, and making them take actions that they wouldn't take otherwise. And I love, love, love doing that for people.
1: Well, you definitely are. Um, two more, love is.
0: Love is the core of what we're all trying to get to. So when we think we want approval from somebody, it's really that we want to be shown love from them. If, when we think that we want a bigger bank account, it's that we want to be loved for having nice things. When we think that we want to help other people, it's that we want to be loved for making impact. Like mm. that It really is the core of everything that we think we, love, we want.
1: Wow. I love that. Okay, so last one. And the question is, what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on?
0: Uh that nothing really has any meaning other than the meaning you apply to it. And this is so true. Like something happens, a, a circumstance happens and we apply a meaning to it. And before you know it, the way we see life is with this built up arbitrary set of meanings that we have built. When in fact, if you choose to change the way that you interpret an event, when you choose to apply a different meaning to it, then all of a sudden you see life through a totally different set of lenses and it can be really, really empowering.
1: I think someone listening their life is going to change from that answer.
0: Mm, I hope so. I hope so.
1: I just got chills. I mean, seriously.
0: Thank you. I hope so. That's at the end of the day, that's what feels good. Get out there and make some impact.
1: Absolutely. So if people want to follow you, check you out, um, how do they find you?
0: The easiest way to get hold of me is Instagram. It's the only platform I'm logging into these days. Typically, Um, I've I've made a commitment to answer all of my DMs, comment on all my comments, because I feel like if someone takes the time to say something nice, then they should absolutely at least get a response, right? So I'm Chris W. Harder on Instagram. And if you want to check out the show, you can check it out at ForTheLoveOfMoney.com.
1: Yeah. And I can't recommend that show enough. It's like my go-to on my runs during my weightlifting sessions. It's so motivating and so well done. So thank you for doing what you do. Really.
0: Oh, Liz, I love that. Thank you so much. I totally, totally appreciate that.
1: Hey guys, thank you so much for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed this interview I had with Chris. He is just so motivational, so amazing. Um, And if you haven't already checked out his podcast for the love of money, definitely go do that. It is my weekly, sometimes bi-weekly go-to, just so much inspiration and practical knowledge to take away. Um, Also, if you haven't already, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. It takes 30 seconds or less, um, and it does so much for the show, so I would really appreciate if you did that. And just share it with a friend. You know, if something in this podcast spoke to you, if you were like, yeah, I totally resonate with that, you know, hit those three dots on Apple Podcasts and share it via text message or email. It's super easy. All right, catch you next time. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is doing big things in the world of medicinal mushrooms. Uh, If you're a little confused or taken back by having mushrooms uh, in your life, Don't be so scared. I put them in my coffee every single morning. You can't even taste them. And the health benefits that you get from them, like the beta-glucans and the vitamins and minerals, um, are really astonishing. I haven't been sick since last November. I tell this to everyone who questions why I'm putting mushroom powder in my coffee. But it's true. It, It has really revitalized my health and I have two little boys. I should be sick at least once every few months and that just hasn't happened. Um, Also, I'm a big fan of their cordyceps. Before a workout, I'll have some cordyceps um, in my coffee, my morning coffee, and my energy skyrockets. It also does a lot for your sex drive. I'm just putting that out there. Uh, So definitely check them out and use the code UNSTRESSED at checkout for 15% off. Take care.